Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Oh, is it that obvious it's a war record? Well, no, it's not, is it? Because, like, we have never been to war before, but, like, we're all battling our own demons. So that's why there's this contrast between, like, the war imagery, the lyrics, blah, blah, blah. But then that's why, yeah, there's kind of this very personal side about it and, like, you know, talking about, like, anxieties and talking about abusive relationships and talking about all these kinds of things. And I think that that's... Once again, like 1984 meets Endless Summer. It's like there's these two kind of things that don't really have anything to do with each other, but we're just kind of pushing them together and seeing what happens. And that's kind of where you, what you get. Welcome to Yesterday's Concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name's Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Jim McCullough, frontman of the Australian punk band, Civic. We discuss the band's new album, Taken by Force, their upcoming first tour of America, and why the mainstream will never understand punk. Grab your earplugs, because we're going to be taken by force. I'm here with Jim McCullough, singer of Civic, incredible rock band, punk band out of Australia, Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good, Lance. How are you, man? Man, I, I can't complain. I'm getting to talk to you, so there's not a whole <laughs> lot more that I could wish for in life right now. Is that a Cred- is that a Credence T-shirt? Uh, no, it's not. It's a Shangri-La. Oh, it's fresh. a record store in Memphis. That's mad. It'd be cool if it was Credence. It kind of looks like Credence T-shirt, but yeah, that's all right. Sick. I, I mean, I'll take it either way. <laughs> like Either way, it's cool. It's a win-win. <laughs> so, uh, for sure. So, uh, hey, man, uh, love the new album. Can't wait to talk about it. But before we do, let's do a couple icebreakers just to have some fun, get to know each other. Have yeah, a, man, go just for Just be it. a little silly for a few minutes. So, first question. What do you think, in your opinion, is the best introductory punk album? Oh, well, it's got to be Raw Power, doesn't it? By the Stooges. Ah, listen to it this morning. Yeah. Which uh, which mix do you prefer, Bowie or Iggy's? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I did, you know, probably, I mean, Iggy's is obviously the one, but like I did listen to Bowie's one recently again and I was like, fuck, it's like, you know, like, I don't know. I always think about, well, you don't, you don't think about people's like other mixes that much, I don't think, you know, and then you hear it mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, imagine yeah. if that was the one that came out first or, that's probably, I mean, my, my nephew, he's like just turned 10. And when he turned eight, I bought him Raw Power on vinyl nice. for his birthday. You know, I was like, this is, you got to have, you got to have this, you know. It's a great, so are you more Raw Power than Funhouse then? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's just kind of, I don't know. That was like the first one I heard, you know. Okay. That's, I'm a Funhouse guy, but I was, I did listen to both mixes this morning and yeah. I think I'm an Iggy mix. I think after listening to both of them this morning, cause the Bowie, the problem with the Bowie mix to me was the drums are so far away in the mix. They're so, they are, and it's just like, you miss a lot of that raw that's energy. That's a fucking singer mixing it for you, isn't it? You're right. You were right <laughs> about that. So, okay. So next question, speaking of Iggy, would you rather spend the day with Iggy pop or Lou Reed? I reckon, I reckon I reckon Lou Reed would be way more fun. I mean, oh, I think he'd, it'd be sick because he'd be such an asshole and like it would be, I don't know, like Iggy, I feel like Iggy would be just kind of like, he'd be he'd be super nice, you know, whereas I think Lou would be like kind of harder yeah. to crack and I don't know. I reckon Lou Reed, yeah. Lou Reed's my answer. That's cool. I like yeah. that one. All right. So next question, what's an angry album, at least on the exterior, that brings you a lot of joy to listen to? Distort Cleveland by H100s. There we go. I haven't heard that one before. Tell me about oh, it. Dude, H100s, best Cleveland hardcore band ever, I reckon. Well, one off. They're from the 90s. Write that shit down, brother. Okay. It's fucking mad. 
I'm going to get it. Hey, as soon as we get done, that's what I'm going to listen to while I cook dinner. Uh, so next question, what's a misunderstanding or a misunderstanding or an underrated element of punk rock that you think the mainstream just overlooks? Oh, fuck. That's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, I guess punk isn't for the mainstream, is it? So they're never going to really, it's, it's not really, it's never really going to, it's, there is nothing that they can, they're going to keep trying to figure it out, but yeah, they can't because when I ain't a part of that shit. No, <laughs> dude, that's a better answer than I could have ever imagined. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. All right. So the last one, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah. We're going to hit on the old cliche. If it's too loud, are you too old? Um, oh, I don't know. It's a hard one. Are you talking about in terms of just like, like putting on a record or being like at a concert? For me, when I go to concerts, I'm actually really like, I actually wear earplugs now. I never used to, but I do just because I don't know. I hate getting home and like lying in bed and just being like, have, I've already got such bad tinnitus already. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too old already. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> but having said that, I do, I do love getting smashed on stage by like, by Lewis and, and Roland, you know. So do you wear earplugs when you perform then? Never. No. You, you can't. You've got to like, people that wear inies and shit, I don't really get it. Like, I've never done them before, but I don't know. It just, I think it would feel like you're not in it. You're just, I don't know. It's like you're in another part when you've got shit in your ears, you know? Well, hey, man, I appreciate you having the fun and, and just hearing me out on those. No, uh, so to get into actual conversation, I want to talk about Taken by Force, your new album that's just incredible. Really, really great punk rock album. Thanks, man. The recording process was a little different for this album compared to your last albums. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So... During COVID, we did Future Forecast, which is a record before this, and that was our kind of lockdown record. So it was kind of like we sort of pieced it together in a sense that like, like we had some – I don't know if you heard, but like we had some pretty gnarly lockdowns here in Victoria where we weren't even allowed to like go fucking people's houses or like, you know, go fucking certain amount of Ks and shit. It was ridiculous. But anyway, so it was like, you know, Dave, our drummer, would be like, yo, meet me at this pub that he was living above and like we'd stay out. And me and him would sit in this pub and do like vocal takes and then Lewis would have to come in and do his guitar bits. And it was just like this really cut and paste album. And I felt very disjointed. Like I liked that album a lot, but I just, it, it didn't feel like we'd kind of, I don't know, it just felt like kind of this Frankenstein thing put together. And so we thought, all right, for taking my force, we got to, I want to go away. I've always romanticized going away and like recording a record for a week or two or like, you know, not even putting a time frame on it, just like leaving going away somewhere with everyone, like living it, breathing it every day, living together and then coming out of that with with a record. And so we went out to um, Elfingstone, which is Jackson's dad's house, which is out in the country. He moved into his, his dad's a foundry, uh, uh, works in a foundry, like making bronze sculptures. And he moved into the foundry, his dad, and let us take over the house. Everyone took a room each and everyone got fucking amps and shit put in their rooms we ran all the wires and cords all throughout the house, set everything up in the lounge room, and we fucking made the record. So, I mean, it sounds like it was a lot more collaborative in how you made it this time then. I mean, did you perform the songs live? Is that how you recorded it this time? Uh, so we did all the beds first, which we always do. So like bass, drums, guitar, rhythm guitar. And then we just like, and layer it up from there, you know? So one thing that like really stood out to me, and I know you guys have said that this is not a concept album, but there's definitely a predominant theme that runs throughout it or am i making that up well yeah i mean i'm sure it's not hard to work out what it is is it no because i mean you set the tone pretty early with dawn i mean it comes out like right out of the gate setting this 
like dystopian kind of tone. I mean, is that kind of what you were aiming for? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. In setting that up. So Lewis has this thing where he, when we write records, he comes up with these like... like I guess they're concepts. They're like, they're just like words, you know, like you'll be like, all right, this record, it's about this. And it's like this and this. And this one, it was like 1984 meets Endless Summer. And I was like, that's fucking mad. And so it's like, all right, we go, we go into everything to do with this record with that in mind. So it's like visually, aesthetically, lyrically, sometimes, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, he was like, man, we got to fucking, like, he, he got this old, war siren it was like a handheld one and it's like you wind it and it goes Mm. and he's like man that'd be so sick at the start of of the record and i was like yeah that's kind of sick it'd be pretty ominous you know and he's like you know with marching beat and i was like that's a mad idea and then we're like well how are we going to get that and he's like i don't know i don't really want to get it off youtube or something i was like no neither and so we bought one of these like war things and it sounded like shit it just sounded really like i don't know it just didn't sound too good and we're like oh whatever we'll just sort it out later and then one morning we woke up at like 8 a.m., dude, and there was a fucking war siren going off. And we were like, what the fuck? And I just grabbed my phone and ran outside and started recording it. And I was, I didn't know what was going on. And everyone was like checking their phones, like checking the news and shit. Cause we thought, I don't know, man, we thought like we were living and breathing this, this record. We were talking about all this shit. And then all of a sudden this war siren starts going off. Fuck, this is pretty hectic, you know? 
yeah, we record. We, I recorded that, and it turns out it was like the SES, like the ambu- the like emergency services in the local town, and that's how they get everybody to meet at the spot because they don't have um they don't have reception out there. How early into the recording process did that happen? That was about three days in. So had you written a lot, the bulk of the lyrics by that point, or were you still in the writing process? Nah, some songs were finished. Like me and Lewis share a lot of the lyrics. Like he's a fucking, you know, he's like a genius. I think he's like my favorite musician. Came to me and was like, yeah, I've written this song. And I was just like, fuck, that's mad, you know? And he trusts me to sing yeah. them. And like, but I wrote End of the Line and I wrote Fly Song and we both wrote Blood Rushes, you know, to have that relationship where we both kind of share, share the lyrics, you know? Let's, I think I was just curious kind of like, how much that that morning incident kind of set the tone for you guys as you were recording? Because, I mean, it definitely sets the tone for the album, so I was just curious how much of that set the tone as you were recording. We already set the tone before walking in there, and then that's why when that happened, we were like, well, this is fucking weird. Yeah. And, like, there was gunshots going off and shit. Like, the guy next door had an orchard, and he had these, like, shotguns set up on poles, and they would just randomly go off to scare birds away from the orchard. It was fucking crazy. And, you know, we're thinking about like dystopian warfare and like all this kind of shit. And then all of a sudden we're in this like the middle of nowhere. We got fucking shotguns going off in the field. We got war sirens going off. And it definitely added to it, you know? On the first listen, that was my main takeaway. It's like, oh, dystopian dystopian warfare. But the more I've listened to the album, I realize it's insanely personable. Like there's a lot of, it seems very intimate in a lot of what the lyrics are talking about. I mean, because like, Trick of the Light is about the cycles of abuse, more than heat, yeah. forced to leave home and being unsettled. Yeah. So is that really more the underlying tone of the album? Yes. Than this, this kind of warfare thing? It's like, and you're the first person that's kind of kind of worked it out in a way, because it's like, is it that obvious? Oh, is it that obvious it's a war record? Well, no, it's not, is it? Because like, we have never been to war before, but mm-hmm. like, we're all battling our own demons. And like, so that's why there's this contrast between like, the war imagery, the lyrics, blah, blah, blah. But then that's why, yeah, there's kind of this very personal side about it and, like, you know, talking about, like, anxieties and talking about abusive relationships and talking about all these kinds of things. And I think that that's, once again, like 1984 meets Endless Summer. It's like there's these two kind of things that don't really have anything to do with each other, but we're just kind of pushing them together and seeing what happens. And that's kind of where you, what you get. I think they do fit together. Like the more I'm thinking about it, the more I really do think they fit together. Because I mean, you think about like the world at large, you think about just when you turn on the news, it's nothing but horror and just gore and terrible mm. things. But then in your own personal life, it's abuse and trauma and things that you're trying to recover from anxiety. I mean, I have anxiety because I have a child on the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Yeah. But you know, that's, I think that's what you're hitting on with this album is that the overarching theme of life is this big scary thing but the real scary stuff is the day-to-day life that we all see totally am i, am I far off base no, that's fucking cool man that's cool i love hearing everyone's opinion on it but there that's that's really good and i think it's good that people are seeing that it's like it's not they're not just being like oh well, these guys made a fucking you know because i remember one of one of my mates was like oh you know be careful like you know about with the song taken by force you know just because it you know it might be this song about like the big takeover it's more than that, you know? It's not just, like, a dumb song about, like, the world being invaded. You know what I mean? It's just, like, obviously there's more layers to it than that. But if people want to see it as that basic, then that's kind of fine as well, I guess. Well, as a songwriter, where where does your responsibility as a songwriter end in terms of allowing the listener to interpret 
what they're hearing. Well, it's always, you, I mean, that's that classic thing, isn't it? It's like once you do write your lyrics, that's what they mean to you. But like, as you said, Lance, like you, you're like, oh, well, this is what it meant to me. It's going to mean something else to fucking ding dong down the road or whatever. <laughs> it's going to mean something else to, you know what I mean? It's like, and that's the beauty in it. And that's, I like that. And I'm sure I know that I'm waiting. Like there's still going to be people that are going to be like, well, hang on a minute. You can't say that or something in one of the songs. And it's just like, whatever. Like there's nothing spicy. There's nothing really that spicy in there, you know? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you're writing about what you see. You're writing about your experiences. For sure. You're representing the ultimate vulnerability by sharing these songs in the world. Well, you got to. Like that's kind of what we wanted to do with this record, especially like, I don't know about you, but I'm just, I was, I'm a little bit fed up of like, not fed up. That's not the right word. I just got a bit bored of hearing songs about walking down the shop and getting a sausage roll. I think that there needs to be more, you know, I don't know. I think it's okay to go a bit deeper with, with shit in punk songs, you know? What about the punk genre and the platform of punk enables you to share stuff like that, that other genres don't open you up to? Fuck, it's such a hard question, isn't it? Because it's just kind of like, well, what is punk? It's like the, you know, it's like the sort of ancient question. What is punk to you? Blah, blah. Well, I mean, to go off what you're saying right now, like as somebody who's new coming into punk, I mean, it really, aside from the Stooges, which I found in high school, I have just started coming into punk within the last 12 months, really and truly. Like, it's not something that I was familiar with earlier than that. And, you know, it to me, it's mind blowing that people are like, television is punk. Fucking you know, nice. like all these other bands are punk. And it's like, well, how like how is that that's not what i think of like i think of the misfits the ramones and things like that but when you really start to think about punk is more of an ethos than it is like a sound it is really and truly it's more of an attitude it is yeah so how does that apply taking that into it how does that apply to that question that i asked i think that i think that I don't know. It's weird because I don't, you know, we don't like, I don't go into it being like, all right, I'm going to write punk lyrics. You know what I mean? But then again, it's like maybe they are punk lyrics because, you know, they they do have a certain attitude to them. And like that just kind of comes naturally to me because I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that question, Lance. But yeah, I I, I want to answer it. I just, I'm yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer it, dude. No, but I think, I think what you're saying is like to be true to yourself, you kind of have to have that edge in which you write. Is that accurate? I think, yeah, I think you just, I think you have to be true to yourself when you're writing. I think you have to be, or you should be anyway. Like, I don't know. I think lyrics mean a lot to me because that's kind of all I have, right? When I mm-hmm. listen to songs, ever since I was a kid, I'm always been fascinated by lyrics. I like smart lyrics. I like words. I like, and for someone who can't even spell properly, I fucking love words, you know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I've gone off topic. I don't really know how to answer that question, dude. No, that's great. No, you're you're hitting the mark. I mean, and that's like for you, how for like trick of the light about being in abuse cycles is that? I mean, you don't have to get into details, but like, is that a firsthand account story or just something you've kind of seen, or how? Where um, does that come into your life? Lewis wrote that song. That's a very personal song to Lewis, so I don't really want to. I don't feel like I could probably talk too no, much no, about fine. that, but. You know, that's one of my favorite songs on the record. And that's, that was, you know, that was, I don't know. It's a pretty hectic song. Like it's pretty fucking full on. And like, I don't know. I think there's something kind of nice about just kind of laying that shit on the line. Yeah. As you said before, like the vulnerability of it, I think is kind of, I don't know. I think it's refreshing and new. That's what I think. I just think Mm -hmm. that like not too many, it's like, 
you know, people talk about like what's what's the future punk stuff and like this kind of shit. And it's just like, well, maybe I reckon it could be this, you know. So just being really honest. Well, yeah, like being being honest and like you know, but also having a bit of edge to it as well, like talking about real shit mm-hmm. and talking about like it's okay to talk about like emotions and shit like that. If you've been through some hectic shit, it's like it's okay to talk about that as well, you know. Well, I mean, kind of going back to the earlier general theme of like the dystopian warfare and turning on the news and seeing just chaos. Where is the balance for you as an artist, especially like people need relief from that. They need something that makes them feel good. So if they have a song about getting, going to this sausage shop or whatever it was you said earlier, (laughs) like what is, what is the balance in that of like making music that people feel good versus making music that confronts people with their emotions? Oh, dude, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that, like, you know, everyone needs to just all of a sudden start writing a fucking, like, Cry Me a River record and shit like that. Like, you know, I I don't think that that's – I mean, you know what? I That's probably not even the right – what I said is probably not right. But for me and for us as as moving forward as Civic, that's what we felt like we needed to do, you know? But, um, oh, man, I love listening to, like, you know, and that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I do love listening to, like, you know, I love listening to fucking Down on the Farm, like Cosmic Psycho's EP. Like, that's kind of, like, you know, they kind of started that shit. You know, the Ramones, like, some of the Ramones lyrics are dumbass, you know. Like, it's 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 got to be there and, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Stooges lyrics, like, all that kind of shit, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that everything needs to be some, like, heartfelt fucking sob story, but at the same time, it's, you just don't want we just wanted a little bit more so we gave a bit more that's all you know so how do you feel about like like how you've grown as songwriters from future forecast to taken by force how do you think you progressed as songwriters between between the two albums well there was actually that ep before that as well i don't know if you've heard that we wrote an ep in 2018 new vietnam dudes like radio birdman kind of saint sort of sounding songs we did that future forecast we sort of you know integrated a few more kind of like i don't know a bit more like bigger like not ballads but just a bit more like not just like a three chord punk song we sort of like expanded on that a little fucking give this a crack and write some actual songs you know rather than just because normally it's like you know lewis would be like oh here i've got a riff and then it's like all right you play drums you play bass and then all right jim write some lyrics you know it's like this very kind of quick thing which is sometimes that's mad like fly song was like that here's a fucking riff write some lyrics, let's play it fast, one, two, three, let's go, you know. But, yeah, in Take My Force, I think there was just, in terms of progression, I think, yeah, some of the songs are just, in terms of songwriting, I think, like, yeah, Lewis, for instance, his guitar work is just fucking amazing, I think. Going back and listening to New Vietnam, your sound has changed fairly drastically between there and Taken by Force. I mean, you have acoustic guitars all over Taken by Force, unless I'm mistaken. No, you're right. It's on every, every single song. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that's uncommon for punk rock, just in general, it seems like. But what was that evolution of the band to go from the kind of like hardcore New Vietnam to where you are with Taken by Force? I guess, yeah, like it was just a sound kind of thing. It's just a um, uh, well, the, like cause New Vietnam, we recorded in one day out in the country. Our mate Billy Gardner from Anti Fade recorded it, and it was just on a four track or eight track. It must have been an eight track. And we just did it all there on the spot and then like overdubbed the vocals and the guitars. So obviously that was going to sound pretty like raw, you know, 
And we tried to, we definitely tried to continue to keep that raw sound. But I mean, I think for, it's just, I think it happens naturally. I think you just kind of always want to try and make it sound better. And I don't think that Taking My Force sounds like too overproduced. I mean, I'm sure some people would say that it is, but I think it sounds good, you know? I mean, one of the things that like I pick up when I listen to it is you, you definitely wear like, the 70s punk rock just 70s rock like kind of influences on your sleeve and a lot of those songs like i definitely hear the stooges in a lot of those songs and that's that's definitely a high praise yeah was that something that y'all were intentional about or is that something that just kind of happened i think it just happens man i you know i think it's like yeah. you know the saints i don't know if you know the saints from australia Mm-mm, i'm not familiar with them either you're giving me so much homework man i love it oh, dude, i'm gonna i'm sending you i'm sending you a, an email after this with with a bunch of homework the saints are from Australia and they are technically were before the Sex Pistols. They put out a record called I'm uh, a seven inch called I'm Stranded, and that's to some people classified as the first punk song. But you know, it's some people beg to differ that. But like, we're huge Saints fans, Radio Birdman fans, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that shit's always going to creep in anyway. But um, I think it's definitely conscious because you know, it's like that's the kind of bands that we like, you know. So, I mean, but that that kind of hits on the next question that I had, which is there's a bit of a timeless quality to the music that you make. I, like I said, you hear that 70s punk vibe, but there's also, I could see where it would fit alongside bands like the Viagra Boys. Yeah. Like I can definitely feel that lineage. Was that something that was like in your mind as you were recording to write something timeless? Or definitely. Just, again, being natural. Definitely. We, okay. We like, you know, like we want shelf life. We don't want to just like. Look, it's probably something that everyone wants. Like everyone wants to have a record that's like people just pick it up constantly, always. And it's like, that's always a classic record. Like, But I feel like this one, when we're writing it, we're like, you know, this one feels good. This one feels like it's got shelf life. You feel like you could listen to it. And I feel like New Vietnam is probably a bit like that. It's like, you know, I feel like people could pick it up in 10 years time and still and still be like, yeah, that's a fucking good record, you know? And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is, I guess. You know, we're not sort of clinging to any kind of like trend or anything that's happening right now. So I feel like maybe that helps us through that. I know like you guys have been in various outfits before you came together as Civic. Do you think that was just, especially with Taken by Force, it seems like like the collaboration of the recording process, all your kind of previous work and your influence just kind of melded together on this one to really make it shine? Fuck, I don't know. I think like, I don't know. I think it was just like, we all worked really hard on this record and we, I think going away together and living with each other for a week, we, I don't know, we, we just lived and breathed it for a week and it felt really good and we worked real hard on it. And I think that's just, it felt very like organic, you know, I didn't feel like we had to like dig too deep to like get these songs out of us, mm-hmm. you know, like they kind of just float out of us. Oh, that's not true actually. Cause we had to, I had to dig, we lyrically, we had to dig a bit deeper, but I just mean like, I don't know. It just felt good. Felt, felt organic. Mm-hmm. I mean, just do you think that like the output was better because it felt organic? Do you think that like if you had to like go in and write eighteen versions of Taken by Force before it came out, that it would have been any better? Or do you think just when it flows from you like that, that the product is going to be better at the end of the day? I think like we always do it to the best of our ability. Like if it's if it takes not good enough or like it's not we're not happy with it, we'll do it again. You know. So we definitely finished up. We were happy. Like once we finished it, we were happy. You know. So that's, I mean, to kind of, as we kind of start to wrap up, one thing that I'm curious about is you guys have never played America, correct? Never. And y'all are coming this year. We are. Soon. Yeah. When we, just quickly. So when we, when we started in 2000, we started in 2017, 2018, we like saved up all our money and we were like, all right, are we going to go to America or Europe? 
and then we we're like fuck it let's just go to europe so we went to europe and then um we were like planning on coming to america and or oh, then 2000 oh sorry yeah, we went to europe in 2019 and then we were going to go 2020 to america but obviously couldn't and then it's like you know we've been trying to get our shit back together since then so we were supposed to play gonafest last year but we couldn't go so now we're playing this year and yeah we've kind of they've like mapped out a tour for us and everything so well that's i mean i'm incredibly excited to see you at in town in memphis at gonerfest which by the time this post will likely have been sold out for a few days if not weeks y'all are playing south by southwest for the first time oh, too sorry well. yeah yeah we're playing south by um we're fuck we're leaving in like three weeks or something for my first time in america too so that's gonna be kind of cool that's awesome and yeah, we're really excited to do that. We're doing like 10 shows in four days. So that's going to be pretty psycho. And then, yeah, come over and see you guys for the first time. Well, so what's the, what's the set list going to look like? Is it going to be a lot of taken by force in there or what, how's it going to, how are y'all going to structure that? We've been, we've been working it out. Like, like the South by set list it, it can only go for half an hour. And so we were like, people were probably going to want to hear more, more taken by force songs because like, they probably don't know. I mean, they would know the, the other ones, but I don't know. We're just like, fuck it. Let's just mainly make it most of those. But, you know, not all of them translate live. Like, Trigger the Light is pretty hard to do live for us. But, yeah, we're still working it out. But it's cool. Like, we'll get there. I think, it, yeah, it only goes for half an hour. So, But then when we come back for, like, Ghana, we'll obviously be playing longer and stuff and we'll work out a better set and stuff like that. What uh, What songs from the new album do you think are translating the best live? Hold on, let me back up. Have you played any shows with these songs yet? Yeah, yeah. We played so on okay. Sunday, we just like the day before, we just announced that we we're playing this pub like down the road, like a real secret show. And like 200 people rocked up and it only holds like 50 people and it was just packed. It was fucking mad. And yeah, we just played like a bunch of songs off. We pretty much played the South by Southwest set. So we played for like half an hour and played like, you know, five or six songs off taken by force and it went went down sick people were like crowd surfing in there and shit so going back to the question i asked a second ago, what songs are translating the best in your opinion uh fly songs working real well i mean we've been playing taking my force for like a year anyway uh end of the line time girl's really cool because lewis sings that and i just play tambourine and sing the choruses which is fun blood rushes we've been playing that at the end of the set which is fun but yeah, it's all translating pretty good at the moment. Well, so my last question, and I meant to ask this one earlier, but I think it's, it's actually kind of fitting to ask it as the last question. So the last track on the album is Dusk. Yep. It's like three and a half minutes of like waves crashing. Yeah. It seems like the perfect kind of ending to the album because it kind of wraps up things nicely to say like it offers a glimpse of peace yep. in the midst of all the war and everything. Yep. Is that intentional? Is that with the thought process behind it? Yeah, it's like it's kind of like symbolizes like the end, the end of everything, the end of the world, end of exactly the end of the war, the end of your war, the end of it's just kind of like, but it's still ominous, you know. It's still kind of got this like creepy sort of like there's that digital sort of noise happening in the background as well. And then I don't know if you've got the actual vinyl, but there's a lock groove at the end of it and it just like locks in and just like goes forever. Well, that's uh, since since that is the end of the album, I'll let that be the end of our conversation. <laughs> Jim, dude, this is this is awesome. You gave me so much homework and I'm so excited Thanks, Lance. Uh, to check all of it out, dude. I appreciate uh, you speaking with me. I'm looking forward to seeing it at Goner Fest later this year. So really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Lance. Cheers, man. I'll send you an email with some uh, homework. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Yesterday's Concert. Thoughts? Similar experiences? Disagree? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Or you can email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. If you're feeling kind, give us a review on Apple Podcast. Otherwise, until next time, give us a subscribe, check out our website, yesterdaysconcert.com, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.